Well, good morning, Springbrook. Welcome into the house of the Lord for worship this morning. We are so delighted to be with you. We're so glad that you've chosen to come out this morning. We are expecting of the Lord to move in mighty ways in our midst together. So thank you for joining us. If you're here for our online service at 9 o'clock, we have online hosts who are available for you all throughout the service. They would love to pray with you. They'd love to answer your questions. Our heart for you is that you feel connected to this community, what God is doing here, no matter where you are or what you're going through today. So I encourage you to participate in that chat. Ask your questions. Get connected to our hosts. They would be delighted to connect with you this morning. Well, I'd love to invite you to stand as you're able, in body or in spirit, for our call to worship, which today comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33. And it says this, Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So together this morning, let's seek first his kingdom and bring him worship. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first Oh, 
Psalm 145, 8 and 9 states, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he's made. Let's continue in song this morning, singing about his mercy. sins that are known 
and those unknown. We call on your name so holy. For envy and pride, for closing our eyes, for scorning our very neighbor. In thought, word, and
defeated. In the book of Luke, in chapter 4, it says that Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. That was his custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He enrolled the scroll and he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight of the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. That was probably one of the shortest sermons that had been preached. I picture Jesus reading that passage and then sitting down as if it's just a matter of fact. He sat down and he said to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And that's all he said. He had a captive attention of a large audience and shared a short passage from Isaiah and then he applied it to himself. You know, this morning we're going to be celebrating communion and we're celebrating the fact that the year of the Lord is now present with us because of who we are in Christ. And as Christ followers, we know this is to be true about him today. And so we have the benefit today of knowing who Jesus was. And so we come together to celebrate communion this morning. But there's something about that Isaiah passage I want to make sure that you don't miss. Jesus said that he has come to give good news to the poor. He has come to proclaim liberty to the captives recovering the sight to the blind and to set free those that are oppressed. You know, we come together this morning to celebrate communion, not because we've got our acts together, because we've all got it figured out. Communion is for those that have gathered together because they understand their need for a relationship with Christ. We are poor. We have been captives. We've been blind. We have been oppressed. And we realize the freedom that has come to us because of who we are in Christ. We are no longer blind. We see with clarity now who Jesus is. We're no longer poor because we have the Holy Spirit in us that's able to fill us and and guide us and direct us. And we're no longer blind because we now see the truth about who Jesus is and his plan for our life. We are no longer captives. We are no longer oppressed. We have been set free. And so that's what communion is. It's about the body of Christ that's coming together to celebrate the reality of who we are in Christ. This is who we are called to be. And so this morning, we're going to invite you to come up and take communion together and we're going to do that as a church family we get to celebrate communion it's an opportunity for us to celebrate the reality of who we are in christ paul in first corinthians also warns us not to take communion in an unworthy manner so it's an opportunity for us to evaluate our lives as we think about those areas of our life that we still need to turn over to god's care and and control so if you have a relationship with christ this morning we want to invite you to participate in communion you can come to the front and, and you can pick up one of the uh the cups and the bread and you can take that back to your seat and participate in communion as the Lord leads you if you're unable to come up just raise your hand we have members of our communion team in the back that will bring communion to you but as we come together to celebrate communion it's about the reality of who we are in Christ and when Jesus was sitting with those disciples he lifted up that bread and he said this bread is reflective of my body that's going to be broken for you whenever you eat it eat it in remembrance of me and then he lifted the cup up and he said this cup is reflective of my blood which was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins whenever you drink this do this in remembrance of me. So let's partake of communion together this morning, realizing that we're no longer captives. We've been set free. We're no longer blind. And let's give celebration for that. And so in your quietness of your own heart, as you prepare to take communion, maybe lift this next few moments up and just give thanks to the Lord in, in prayer as you prepare to take communion. 
Father, I just thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. I thank you for the opportunity we have to come together this morning to celebrate communion in this way. I thank you for our identity in Christ. I thank you for who you have called us to be together as the body of Christ. And so, God, that's such an important part of our identity as well. And so we lift our time up to you this morning. I pray that your spirit would fill us. I look forward to all that you have for us. And we commit this morning to you in Christ's name. Amen. Just make your way to the front. And then after you're done, uh, when you leave today, you can put your communion cups in the trash can. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree his body
pray family father we come before you and we give you all the praise we give you all the glory we give you all the honor because you are endlessly worthy endlessly and eternally worthy of everything we have to offer god we, we have nothing to give you except what you've already given to us even the very breath in our lungs is yours already and so we give you praise because it's the best way we know how to pour our breath back out to you. God, I lift up those in this room who are looking for you, who are seeking you, who are asking questions of you, who are wondering where you are in their life, wondering where you are in their circumstances, in their broken heart, in their mental illness, in their chronic pain, in their families and broken relationships. God, we're looking for you. We're seeking you. We're seeking you. Holy Spirit, will you show yourself to us today? We believe and proclaim that you are present and at work. And we, we confess to you that we don't always sense you. We don't always see you. We don't always trust you. Holy Spirit, will you come? Give us an awareness of your presence with us today. Help us to have ears that are wide open to hear your voice. To hear your voice like we haven't heard it before. Will you open our eyes to see you? God, you are at work. You are moving in this very space. 
right now, will you help us open the eyes of our hearts to be aware of you? Let's not miss it. Let's not miss it like this is just an ordinary day or an ordinary gathering. You are at work. Let us not miss it. Open our hearts to you, God. We can't do it on our own. We can't even receive you on our own. We need you to soften our hearts. Open our hearts and our minds to you today. Do your work. Do your will. Receive the glory. Magnify your name in this place, we pray. It's in Christ's matchless name that we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. We are so glad that you are with us today. If this is your first time uh, with us this morning, we want to extend a special welcome to you. If you're watching online with us, uh, you can say hi in the chat. We've got our online host available uh, to pray with you or answer any questions that you have. If you're in person with us this morning, you have that connection card that's in your chair next to you. And so if you could just put your first last name on there, the names of any adults that are with you, that'd be fantastic. There's a place for you to drop that in a black box towards the back. But uh, we're so glad that you are with us this morning. We have a starting point workshop coming up. It's going to be starting next week, actually. It's going to be on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday, as it typically is. We're going to be meeting here at Springbrook. No, it's online, actually. We moved it online. We're still online. Don't come here. Uh, but uh, it's a great opportunity to hear a little bit more about our vision, our mission, our values. And so if you've signed up for that, you know, uh, Laura's got a packet for you out the uh, lobby you can pick up. If you haven't signed up yet, talk to Laura. She'll get you set up with a packet, but it's a great opportunity just to come here about some of the exciting things God's doing in and through uh, this local body of Christ. I'd love the opportunity to get to know you, and so if you have any questions, uh, that's on our app and our website at springbrook.org slash connect. And then also I wanted to let you know we met with our, uh, we had a congregational meeting uh, last Sunday, and so uh, we've worked with our staff and our elder board and our leadership team and made the congregational announcement about some staff changes uh, coming up as we move towards summer, and so if you want uh, an update on that, or if you want to keep up to date on that, or if you missed the announcement, <laughs> go to our website, springbrook.org slash staff updates, and that's on our app as well. And so be, we'll be praying for our ministry as we navigate um, some changes moving towards the, the summer. But please let us know if you have any questions. If you have not signed up, or if you're not receiving our weekly emails, uh, I send out an email every week with some news and updates about Springbrook. If you are not receiving that, then it's either in your junk, or you haven't signed up for it, or we have the wrong email for you. Or you said, I don't want to hear from you anymore, and you blocked us. <laughs> you wouldn't block that, though, would you? It's important stuff. And so if uh, you want to sign up for that weekly email, you can go to springbrook.org slash weekly. Uh, give us your uh, correct email address, and we'll make sure that you are uh, up to date with all the great, exciting things that are happening um, at Springbrook. So if you have any questions, please uh, let us know. Well, we have two more weeks in our series on Proverbs, and so we'll be finishing it up. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be finishing up with Proverbs, and then you know what we're getting ready for? Easter. <laughs> it's coming. I cannot believe that we're coming to the end of first quarter. <laughs> I'm still working on 2023 stuff, and uh, we are almost to the end of first quarter, so we'll be praying uh, for our ministry as we seek to engage 
our community as we move towards Easter, and so really we appreciate your prayer for that. I'm excited about uh, some things that we're working on. We have a great Good Friday service uh, planned for you, and so be watching for more information about our Easter services. But we're in Proverbs today, and uh, there are 915 verses in Proverbs. It's a lot of, a lot of passages, isn't it? You know, if you were going to memorize one passage out of Proverbs, if you were going to remember one thing out of Proverbs, I'd encourage you to remember this verse, Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that sums up Proverbs really in a nutshell. We all have choices to make. But, you know, what's interesting about it is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning. In other words, if you don't have a fear of the Lord, then you know nothing. (laughs) Like the way that's set up, you know, our fearing the Lord is the beginning of understanding knowledge. It's the beginning of how we know what God's plans and purposes for us are. It's how we make decisions and how we make wise decisions in life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise that wisdom and instruction. You know, in Proverbs 4, 18 and 19, we set this up at the beginning of the series. We see clearly two choices that we each get to make. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. But the path of the wicked is like a deep darkness. They don't know where they're going and they're stumbling. And so it seems like a pretty clear choice to me, doesn't it? I mean, given those two options, who would not want to walk in the path of righteousness in the path of the light? But that is a path that is laid out for us based on our identity in Christ. And so ultimately, we have to choose what we believe about Jesus and how we live that out. And so the path of righteousness is where we find light. The other part of that choice is the path of the wicked, where there's darkness and stumbling. Each of us has a choice to make. And so we can choose folly or wisdom. And so each one of us in our decision-making with regard to what we've done with the personal work of Jesus, how we make decisions during the day, you know, the wise counsel that we seek, each of us has an opportunity. We make make 35,000 decisions a day. And some of them can fall on the folly side and some of them can fall on the wisdom side. You know, we want to make decisions. We want to live a life out that is living a life on the path of wisdom. And that's why King Solomon has given these, these proverbs so that we can make, so we can get insight in how we can make wise decisions. In 1 Kings 4, Solomon was given wisdom and understanding beyond measure and the breadth of the mind of like the sand of the seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed all the wisdom of all the people. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. Not six, not four. (laughs) I love that. You know, Solomon has given us wisdom to live by, and we would be wise to read through this book together and encourage each other on our faith journeys, right? Proverbs is, in my mind, whenever I think of Proverbs, I think like a, uh, a gumball machine, you know, it's uh, filled with different colors, red, you know, whatever colors gumballs are in there. And so you can go through Proverbs and you can get all the colors out. And you can group them together and you can see what Proverbs has to say about a, a subject. You know, or you can just take a passage at random and kind of read through it and study it and learn to apply it. I like to, I like to pick one, one passage, one proverb, and then stick with it and try to work it out in my life. So that's why it takes me forever to read through Proverbs. I can't get past verse 1 because, like, oh, there's so much good stuff in there. And I get to verse 2, it's like, well, that's good stuff too. <laughs> it can take a lot of time to work through Proverbs. And we're going to get to Proverbs 18, verse 1 in just a moment. But I want to share with you something. I've been following along with uh, some stories on artificial intelligence. I don't know why that, I, I find that fascinating because I know with 
without the fear of the Lord, there is no knowledge. And so where is artificial intelligence even come? It's kind of an oxymoron, right? But I've been following some stories on that. I shared in my weekly email last week, I got caught up into an argument with what I think was a chat bot. So I called customer service. Oh, this is live. I was like, you're not live. I want to talk to a person. No, I'm live. I think there is no way you're live. <laughs> so I got caught up in this chat bot and come to find out, you know, I did a little bit of investigative work. And I tell you, the AI industry, I mean, it's just exploding right now. It's, it's a big topic. And so if you're not up on any artificial intelligence stuff, you know, you, you look it up. It's kind of scary, actually, to see where some of the stuff is going. But in my search, I found an AI sermon generator. It will generate a sermon for you. You can say, write me a sermon on this topic. And the thing will actually write a sermon. It was really kind of creepy. So I was goofing around with this thing. And so I thought, this is, I just got to share this. And so I actually recorded the, the sermon that AI developed for me on Proverbs. I said, write me a sermon of the book of Proverbs. And I recorded it on my screen. Let's watch this video together. Write a sermon on wisdom. Thinking, dear brothers and sisters, <laughs> today I want to talk to you about wisdom. It's the most important virtue we can cultivate in our lives. Now, that's a good statement, right? It, it is. It's the most important thing. It's beneficial. And then it says about the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7. It quotes Proverbs 4, 7. It talks about wisdom being the principal thing. That's where we get wisdom and understanding. And then it goes, it talks about how we cultivate wisdom. And it talks about cultivating wisdom. The first thing we have to do is we have to seek it out. We do this through prayer and meditation. It's talking asking God. Asking God for guidance. Once we've sought out wisdom, then we, then we must also put it into practice. We must be willing to make good judgments and act in a way that's consistent with our beliefs and values. But we must trust in God more than our own abilities. And finally, we must be humble in our pursuit of wisdom. We must recognize that we do not have all the answers and there's always more to learn. The feedback and correction, we've got to be open to these things. In conclusion, it's not really a conclusion because all he does is summarize. It's more of a summary but he summarizes for us the things that we can learn. And, and then at the very end, he says this, blessed are we who are able to bless others as well. May God grant us the wisdom we need to live out our lives in a way that honors him. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I was looking at that thing. I thought, wow, you know, it's true. And I thought, you know what? I started to actually put that to voice and see if I could get my lips to move on my avatar. I thought that was just a waste of my time. I, I, I was really trying to figure out how to do it because it would, would have been kind of comical. But wisdom should be our top priority. That's good. It quoted Proverbs 4, 7. And like any good sermon, it's got three points. We're to cultivate wisdom through prayer and meditation, guidance, put wisdom into practice, make good judgments, and be humble in our pursuit of wisdom. You know, let me ask you this. Why are you here today? If someone were to ask you, you know, why are you here? How would you answer them? You know, I looked at this, and it was interesting as well. There are some really things that are missing. I found some things that were really missing in that, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But why are you here today? You know, of all the places that you could be, you're here. Why is that? Some people come for teaching. Some people come to teaching. They don't want to sit in the Some people want to live. They want to live. If you're watching online, you know, maybe you're getting to know Springbrook a little bit. Maybe you're traveling. You're checking out churches. But, but why do we come to a place like this? We, we want to submit ourselves to teaching, right? There's relationships that happen here. You know, some people come because they like the music. I love to sing. I love to sing. The, the worship team did such a great job this morning. I love to sing. It's something about when we sing together corporately, isn't there? 
Some people come into a church because they're looking for peace. They're looking for comfort. They're looking for hope. Some people come to church out of obedience. Some people come out of curiosity. You know, it might be a combination of things that that brought you here this morning. You know, life change happens, and whenever change happens in life, we know where things are going to change. Things are always changing. When things change, it's the time for us to stop and evaluate our circumstances. We need wisdom in those decision-making, you know. We're experiencing change right here at Springbrook right now, right? And it causes us to stop and to think about, hey, what are we doing? And, you know, but change is something that really brings about a sense of uncertainty and we want answers. And, you know, the one thing that you can count on never changing is change. <laughs> change will always change. Change will always change. And making the right choices, being on the right path, avoiding foolishness, walking in the light instead of darkness, being wise in wisdom and understanding and knowing God's will, those things are only found in Christ. I didn't mention Jesus one time in that passage. You know, it was an interesting you know, outline, but there was no Jesus in it. It's only in Christ that we can find wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, and because of him, because of the Father's call on your life, because we've been drawn into a relationship with Christ, you know, and because of him, you are in Christ. Praise be to God that we've been called into relationship with him who became to us wisdom from God. There is no wisdom apart from who we are in Christ. Righteous sanctification, redemption, so that it is written, let one who boasts, boast in the Lord. If there's anything good that's happening in my life, I'm to boast in the Lord and thank him for the work that he's doing. I was talking to somebody this morning, their, their water heater broke. There was water all over the floor, and they had to call somebody to get it fixed. And, and, uh, and while they were there, they discovered a, a leak in their, their, their furnace that could have killed them. And it was like, praise God, I had a water leak, because <laughs> I wouldn't have found the furnace. You know, we are to boast in the Lord. You know, when something like that happens, it's an opportunity for us to say, praise God for that. It's small things. If we stop to look, God is working these details out in our life. And if there's anything good in our lives, it, it stems from him. And knowing that wisdom is from him is where we should place our focus. Walking in wisdom, being wise, making wise decisions can only be found in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. If you have a relationship with Christ this morning, I pray that you are encouraged. You're to be encouraged. You're here to be encouraged and to have your faith stirred up. In Hebrews 10, uh, 24, it says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds. I love that idea of stirring up. You know, it means we're supposed to be mixed. There's something happening in our life. God is doing something in us that's stirring up us to be focused on love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some of them in the habit are doing. You know, some people don't feel the importance of coming together like this. They're not being stirred up to love and good works. You know, we are to consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. The day drawing near. When we look around at some of the things that are happening, you know you know what typically we do? We take our arguments and our disgusts and our, our problems, we take them to social media. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw this. You know, as we see the day drawing near, that should motivate us to love and good works. We should be looking for opportunities to share the love of Christ with others. We should be looking for the opportunity to serve one another. We should be stirred up to love and good works. And this is where you need to be when things are going sideways. You know, we need to stir one another up to faith and good works. Drawing near 
If you have questions this morning, this is if you have a relationship with Christ. This is supposed to be our motivation for why we're here. We're here this morning to be encouraged, to be stirred up to faith and good works. If you have questions about our relationship with Christ this morning, or if you're unsure about your faith, you are here to be called into belief and commitment. You're to be called into belief and commitment. In Romans 10, Paul writes this, how can people call on him who they have not believed? You can't call on the name of Jesus Christ if you don't believe in him. And so we want to help people to understand their need for relationship with Christ. We want them to believe in him. You can't call on the name of Christ unless you believe. You can't be saved unless you believe. You, there's a point where we have to understand our need for a relationship with Christ, and we call on his name. The Holy Spirit enters into us, and we become Christ followers, and we're believers. But how can they believe in him who they have never heard? And so this is really an important time for us this morning. Sometimes people walk into a church, they've never heard about the reality of their need for a relationship with Christ. Maybe you're watching online this morning. Maybe you've come online. Maybe you've never been called to make a faith commitment. You know, we are, we, we are called to help people to believe in him, so, and they, we need to make sure they hear about him, and how can they hear without someone preaching? This is an important part of why we're here. And so we come together this morning to hear God's word proclaimed. People come to faith as a result of hearing. It might be in a church service. It might be on an online service. It might be while listening to the radio. It might be through a friend. People call on the name when they hear about the name. We preach Christ, and we preach him crucified. People hear, they believe, and they're encouraged. Now, the Bible says that no one can come to the Son unless the Father draws him. So the Holy Spirit is drawing people into relationship with himself. Romans says that we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the grave. We will be saved. And so our faith is in Christ and in the person of the work of Jesus Christ, and that's where wisdom is to be found. Everything stems out from that. As you think about the relationships with people around you, it begins with your relationship with Christ. And that has a direct impact on the relationship that you'll have with your spouse and then with your kids or with others in ministry or in your workplace. Who you are in Christ affects everything. And that's where wisdom is found. You know, people come to faith as a result of hearing. They make faith commitments. And, and it's all a result of someone sharing their faith. Preaching is an important part of why we've gathered together this morning. And this is why Paul encourages Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 4. Until I come to you, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to the exhortation and to teaching. You know, reading the Bible is important. When you go home, I'm praying that people are doing their devotions. We've got many of you who are following through this series on Proverbs, and you're reading, and, and devotions are important. We need to read the Bible and meditate on it and reflect on it and memorize it. It's important. Studying in a small group is important. Encouraging one another is important. But this is what Paul is encouraging Timothy to not stop doing. The public proclamation of Scripture, teaching and preaching, is one of the reasons why we are here. We're here to stir one another up in the faith. We're here to encourage one another, and we're here to hear the public reading of Scripture. And so these passages that we're looking at, the things that we're studying and applying to our life are critical. We need this. There's nothing that can replace this. Coming together on Sunday morning for the public reading of Scripture is a priority of what it means to be a Christ follower. Yes, we do devotions. Yes, we're in small groups, but there's no replacement for the public proclamation and preaching of God's word. And so we come together to, to encourage one another, to stir one another up, and we come together for the public proclamation of God's word. And you know, 
we also come together to sing. You know, singing together corporately is something that we're called to do. We're commanded to sing together in Scripture. I love singing on the radio. I like listening to people sing. And, but there's something about our corporate sing together that you just can't replace. You can't replace it when you hear a whole room full of people singing, oh, Lord, my God, rain forever. I mean, it's just, it's amazing when we come together. You can't replace that. It doesn't sound as good. At least in my car, it doesn't sound, sound as good. In Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. We are told to sing, not just to stand and to listen and to participate, not in a sense that there's a performance. I'm so grateful for our worship team who is praying and intentionally thinking about what does it mean to lead a congregation in worship. It's, it's not a performance. We, we encourage people to participate and to sing. It's, singing is an important part of who we are together. It builds us up. When I'm singing, I'm encouraged. I was kind of embarrassed. I hope nobody saw me back behind the stage over there, but I was singing with you. I love to sing. I'm encouraged when I sing. And you know what? It builds one another up. When we sing together, it builds one another up. And so watching each other sing and singing together is something that we do to encourage one another. Singing is a sign of what it means to be a spirit-filled believer. You let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. There's something about our faith that just moves us to want to participate, singing psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. Worship is an expression of thankfulness. And so we're called to sing together. So one of the reasons why we're here this morning is, is to sing together. This is an important part of who we've been called to be as the, the body of Christ. We encourage one another. We stir one another up. We hear the preaching and teaching of God's word and we sing together. I want you to listen for a moment to what this picture of heaven looks like. I hope you like singing <laughs> because when we get to heaven, it's going to be jam-packed with some awesome singing. In Revelation 19, you know, the vision is, after I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of the great multitude in heaven crying out, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And once more, they all cried out, hallelujah, and the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And then the 24 elders and the 24 living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne saying, amen and hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, praise our God and all your servants who fear him great and small. When you get the glimpse of heaven, it is just filled with worship. You know, that's the glimpse. This is a little, just a little teeny glimpse of what we're going to experience when we get to heaven. And so we get to experience that today. We're going to be in God's presence. The Word's going to be there. And so we're going to get to worship together. The relationship's there. It's going to be awesome. Heaven and hell are real. And so we, we, don't want, we want people to be able to have the assurance of heaven. And, and one of the reasons we exist is to help people to understand their need for a relationship with Christ. And we, we hope they come in and they hear the pro- public proclamation of God's word. We want to encourage people to sing. We want to stir one another up to faith and good works. And, and we want to uh, just encourage people in their faith. So that's why we're here. You know, we come here to encourage, to pray, to hear the proclamation and to sing. And then you know what else we do? We, we use our spiritual gifts. You know, each one of us has received a spiritual gift. If you are a Christ follower, if you're a believer, you have a spiritual gift. And that spiritual gift has been given to serve others as good stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
you know, we're doing our spiritual gifts class. Um, we have a week, week one last week, and then we're finishing up this week with Marco Mary's small group and some others, and it's like 14 people in there, and we're talking about our spiritual gifts. <laughs> I love, that's one, of, that's one of my favorite, they're all my favorite classes. Everything's my favorite verse, and all the classes are my favorite, you know. The bottom line is ministry is just fun. <laughs> I don't think there's one aspect of ministry that I really don't enjoy. There's some parts that are tougher than others, but our spiritual gifts class is fun because we're talking about how to unlock the power and, and, and activate our spiritual gifts. We all have a spiritual gift, just a question of whether or not we know it. If you don't know your spiritual gift, it's, it's like change in your pocket. It's in there, but you don't know how much it is. I told the class last week, I said, how many of you have a Christmas present left over in your living room from Christmas that you have not opened? And they all looked at me like, well, that's just silly. Of course we opened up our Christmas presents on Christmas. That's what a Christ follower is that doesn't know a spiritual gift like getting this great Christmas present and going, that's kind of cool, and then not opening up your present. And so every one of us as Christ followers have a spiritual gift. The question is, have you opened it? Have you activated it? And are you using it? Do you know what it is? And are you training it? Paul tells Timothy, we're we're to train the gifts that we have. And so each one of us has been given a spiritual gift, and it's been given specifically so that we can serve one another. And so we've been given spiritual gifts to serve one another. And if you're excited about anything to be eager about, you know, you're eager for the manifestation of the Spirit, you know, if you're eager for God to do something, then strive to excel in building up the body of Christ. You know, this is, this, you know, this, this is the body of Christ. And as people use their spiritual gifts, as people serve their time, their talents, and their gifts, they're building up this body of Christ. And each one of us has a spiritual gift for that purpose, to build up the body of Christ. You know what, Springbrook, it was fascinating. I've had to look it up. I can't remember if I mentioned this from the stage or not, but... We have 70% of our average weekend attendance at Springbrook serving somewhere at Springbrook. That to me is just fascinating. I am so proud of this church. People are committed and God is working in and through us and it's exciting just to be a part of that. You know, right now, we have over 50 people serving on Sunday morning. I mean, so we look around, there's 50 people serving here. We have people that came in and opened the facility. We have people that closed the facility. Our children's ministry, there's somebody back there for infants and toddlers and pre-K and our, our Club 56 for fifth and sixth grade, our worship team. Got to, everybody sees them, but there's a whole group in the back. And they do this for two services. There's a different group. We have our first impressions team. They're greeting. They're working in the cafe. They're, doing, they're working online. And, and all of these things so that we can create a, a warm, welcoming environment for our guests so that they can be encouraged in their faith, so that we can stir one another up towards love and good works, and so we can hear the proclamation of God's word, and so we can sing together. And so serving together is biblical. It's how this church is strengthened and built up. You know, we have our student ministries is going to be a meeting tonight, and uh, it's going to be fun to see how God works through that. And then we have people that are, are just really committed to the work that God's doing in through Springbrook during the week. We have student ministries that are going to start during the week. We have small groups meeting in homes all throughout the week. We have small group leaders and coaches and apprentices. We have, we have 70% of our adults in Springbrook connected to a small group. And so if you're not in a small group, hey, I encourage you to jump into a small group. You know, that's how we encourage and sharpen one another. So our small groups are serving all throughout the week. We've got student ministries on Sunday. We have our finance team comes in on Monday. We have Celebrate Recovery on Tuesday. We have a prayer team. Our elders meet on, on Tuesday. I was just thinking about some of the things that happen, you know, on, uh, during the week. We've got Awana where we're reaching kids in our community. We're sharpening and training kids up in Scripture. We've got our Alpha small group that's starting up uh, on uh, Wednesday the 15th. And that's exciting. <laughs> it was like 12... 13 people have already signed up for Alpha. And 50% of those have come from our community. 
people that we don't even know yet that just found us that had questions about God. And so if you know anybody that has questions about God, Alpha is really a great resource to move them to. Our grief share ministry is getting ready to start up under the leadership of uh, you know, Vicki Smith. And we've got 13 people signed up for that. And half of them are from our community. And so we've got grief share starting up our clean game. On Friday, if you came in here on Friday, you would actually be shocked. How many people come in? They, they clean, they're cleaning the bathrooms, they're vacuuming, they're emptying trash cans. And so our cleaning team is an important part of our ministry in terms of how we just care for the building God's entrusted to us. I saw John Manzella walking around this morning with his battery charger. I was joking, you know, he's a gearhead, and I'm thinking, okay, what are you going to do with the battery charger? <laughs> he wants to shock somebody. He's out there charging the batteries on the lawnmowers to get ready for the cutting team. We've got a cutting team that takes care of our grounds, and, and we've got a landscaping team that takes care of our, our facility. And, and when you look around, you know, I am just amazed at how God raised up workers for this harvest. All of these things, everything's happening so that we can reach our community for Christ and build passionate disciples. And we have people that have just come through our membership class. We have 19 new members of Springbrook. And so that's a huge phrase. And so we want to thank, thank you for taking that step. <laughs> you know, so we have people that are committed to being a part of the work that God's doing here. And all of this is happening so that we can reach our community for Christ. I don't know, uh, I don't know how many of you saw that he gets a Super Bowl ad, you know, millions of dollars. Spent. I saw the funniest meme. God is so glad that we spent a million dollars on a Super Bowl ad so maybe now somebody can hear, his, hear about him. <laughs> You know, but it was really encouraging because it wasn't just he gets us. You know, we have an initiative to connect with our community with explorers. And if you're an explorer, I've connected with uh, six, six, seven people last week. If you're watching online, hey, thanks for being with us today. And so we're glad you're here. If you've come into Springbrook, if you're here this morning, uh, you know, through one of these venues, that's exciting for me to see us being able to penetrate our community. There's 10 different things running right now. You know, there's a, an initiative on Church Cares. There's Caleb's running thing. There's Hope for God. And so there's social media outlets that, hey, if, you have, if you're hurting or you're, or you're suffering or you have questions about God, click here and we'll put you in contact with somebody that cares. And so we have had 28 people that, from, that have connected with our church in just the last 60 days that have questions about God, that are hurting, they're exploring, they're looking for hope, and we've been able to engage in conversations with them. That is exciting. I mean, to see that, think about the impact that we're having on our community, our nation, and our world. It's exciting to be a part of what we're doing, you know, around the world through the Timothy Initiative and some of the other ministries as well. We get to be a part of what God's doing in and through our country and in our world. You know, it's exciting. There are so many stories, many stories that we have no idea about what God's doing. I just want to encourage you. You know, I was talking to Sherry Belkey about Apple last week, and about, you know, the intentionality to connect with our community for Christ. And she said, yeah. She said, you know, last week I had an opportunity to pray with a young woman who made a faith commitment. I was like, that's great. God is working in and through your lives. You know, the idea is, is that we're investing in people, building them up in their faith, they're growing in their faith, they're being equipped for ministry, and then they're, they're going out and they're having an impact in their neighborhood, in their, in their community, in their workplace. And God might be doing something in your life that, that you think is exciting. I would love for you to share that story with us. I know God's at work, and I get to hear little tidbits of stories all over the place. But if, if, if God's doing something in your life, I'd love the opportunity to celebrate that story with you. And so you can, it's on our website. Um, right now, if you text story to uh, uh, 844-238-7507, text that word. Or if you've got a phone, <laughs> it's social, I don't 
okay, cell phones. If you scan that QR code, it'll drop you to a little text box. And, uh, and you know, I'd love to hear stories about where God's working in your life. We're going to be collecting those and celebrating those. And so I want to encourage you to share your stories so we can celebrate with you uh, the work that God is uh, doing in, in your life. But all of these things, everything that we do is focused on helping people to get connected to God vertically through a relationship with Christ and connecting with one another horizontally you know, through the local body of Christ. So we want to help people get connected. We want to help people grow in their faith. We want to equip them to serve and then we want them to go. We want to send them out into the world to have an impact for Christ. Everything that we do in Springbrook falls into this vision and mission. You know, I'm telling you, you know, being here and serving here, this is important because it's having an impact on eternity. People are going to spend eternity either in God's presence or apart from God's presence. And so as bad as our 70, 80, maybe 90, 100 years is, we're going to spend eternity somewhere, either in God's presence or apart from God's presence. This ministry is important. And I can't think of any place else I'd rather be right now. It's important. And your being here is a wise decision. <laughs> it's a wise decision when we come together like this. In fact, I can't think of anything that's more important. I really enjoyed our weekly readings through Proverbs. Next week, we're starting the last week of the reading plan. But I have one proverb as I've been going through the reading that just has really stuck out in my mind for me. I wanted to share that with you. It's Proverbs 18.1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. If you are isolated, you are seeking your own desires. You are breaking out against all sound judgment. I was talking to a young man last week that had made a faith commitment, and I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. It was kind of on and off, and I got a phone call from him. And he said, you know, I just, I feel isolated. I said, well, come back to church. You know, there's people that are, that are going through pain, they're suffering, and, and they're, they're not connected to anybody. They don't have anybody that's praying for them. They're not being encouraged by the larger body of Christ, and it is so important for us to be here. You know, this is why Hebrews encourages us, don't forsake meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Let us stir one another up to love and good works. Our relationship with Christ should stir us up so that we can love and serve those around us. There is no reason for anyone to be isolated. And when we isolate ourselves, we get off to the path and we start doing things on our own and there is no wisdom to be found out there. You're breaking out against all sound judgment. It is so important that we stick together. This is important, what we're doing, and your being here is important. It's a wise decision when we come together to celebrate like this. Church on Sunday morning is relevant. It's important. It's wise for us to be here. I got a note from uh, Mike and Carol Seymour. They're down in Texas. I think they're watching online. Hi, Mike. Hi, Carol. <laughs> they're so encouraging. They're an integral part of our seniors ministry. They're on our cleaning team. Mike and Carol both served selflessly here, and they escaped the winter, which I understand. But I got a nice note from them last week, and it said, we miss our church family. It was just a simple note, and it was so encouraging to know that people enjoy being here. It was encouraging to me, and it was encouraging to our staff, and there's something about who we've been called together that just can't be replaced. And so you can go on to AI, and you can type in, type me a sermon on Proverbs, and you'll get something back. You can go on to Facebook and say, hey, I'm lonely. I'm trying to look for some paper. Facebook friends, and you'll get something back. But there's no replacement for the importance of our 
being together, to encourage one another, to support one another, to hear God's word proclaimed, to sing together, and to serve and to use our spiritual gifts together. In the book of Acts, you see a clear picture of what this looks like. Peter stands up and tells people about Christ. The church goes from 120 to 3,000 instantly. They make faith commitments. They get baptized that day. Those who received, they got baptized. They were added to that day, 3,000 people. And what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of the bread, and to fellowship. Fellowship is a word that gets thrown around a lot. You know, we call anything, if we're having a meal together, it's fellowship. (laughs) Fellowship is not a social gathering. Fellowship is when we get together and talk about spiritual conversations. From a biblical perspective, fellowship occurs when somebody, if somebody opens up a Bible and shares a verse, then, then we can start calling it a fellowship. But there's something about who we're called together to be, and that's, that's what fellowship is. And, and this is a fellowship of believers. This is not a social gathering. There's all kinds of places that you could be right now. I've got a membership card to Costco. That's not, that's not a Costco fellowship. I mean, we might call it that. I've got a gym membership to Fitness 19, and yeah, I should probably get there, but it's not, it's not a fellowship. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I need to get to Fitness 19. I haven't been there in a while. In fact, I think they just keep taking my money. I think they're grateful for me because they take my money and it's not costing me anything. You know, we devote ourselves to the apostle teaching, to the breaking of bread, to this fellowship. It's an important part of who we're called to be. In verses 43, it says, And awe came upon every soul. Every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and they held out everything in common. This gets a picture of, of who we're called together to be, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all that had need. Verse 46 through 47 go on to say, and the Lord would continue to add to their number daily those that were being saved. And so the body of Christ is a, is a gathering of people that understand their, their need for Christ. They're broken. So we celebrated at communion. We're, we're poor in spirit. We know that we're blind and, 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 and we know that we're held captive and, and we've been set free from all those things because of who we are in Christ. And that's why we're here. You know, apart from Christ, this may not make sense. But this is where wisdom is found. And we've come together to celebrate, you know, who we are in Christ. Things are going to change. Our, things, will, things will always be changing. But one thing that never changes is Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ was seated at the right hand of the Father. He was born as an infant. We celebrated that at, at Christmas. He was on this earth for 33 years. He had three years to invest in his disciples. He was crucified. He died on the cross for our sins so that we might be called into a relationship with himself. And then he was raised and went back to heaven and is currently seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus has always been. All things were created by him, through him, for him, and in him. We know that in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, you know, the Holy Spirit was hovering above the water. Jesus has always been present as the third person of the Trinity. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's where we place our faith. That's where we place our hope. And that is the source of where we find wisdom. And so what we're doing is important. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you're feeling isolated, you're feeling like you're not quite sure what's next, I want to encourage you to, uh, to take a step and move towards connectedness. You know, if you have uh, questions about a relationship with Christ, you've got a connection card uh, on your seat. If you're in person, if you're online, um, our online hosts are with you, and you can just say, I've got questions about faith. You can scan that little QR code, or you can text uh, the word faith to that phone number, and uh, I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about how to have a relationship with Christ. You know, we want to help people to take that first step. That's where knowledge and wisdom begins. So we have to start there. If you have questions about God and you want to jump into Alpha, text Alpha. Hey, if you have a story to share, we really want to hear it. 
I mean, I'm serious. Please share the stories of work. God's at work. You can text the word story. If you're looking for a place to serve, text serve. If you're looking for a small group, text small group. But we want to help people to be able to experience the fullness of life that is ours in Christ. John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came so that we could have life and we could have it to the full. And so many people I know are just not experiencing that life to the full. And so we want to encourage you in that as you think about your faith walk. And so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, our next week when we finish up Proverbs. I'm really looking forward to uh, what God's going to do in and through our ministry as we head towards Easter. I'm praying that we would be effective at reaching our community for Christ. And I pray that you are encouraged this morning, that you feel like you've been encouraged, you've been stirred up to faith and good works. Hope you understand the importance of what this is that we do when we come together, the preaching and the teaching and singing. We have an opportunity to sing in just a few moments. And I hope when the worship team comes up that everybody has an opportunity to sing. My wife tells me you can sing, but you have to sing quietly because I don't want to hear. You can raise your hands. (laughs) I hope that you are encouraged today. I'm looking forward to what God has for us as we move uh, towards Easter. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us today. I thank you for the hope that we do have in Christ. Uh, God, it is a gift. And so you have seen fit to call us into a relationship with yourself. And I know that there are many that might still have questions, and we're glad that they're here as well. We come to you poor, broken in spirit, held captive, and God, we are set free because of who we are in Christ. And so freedom in Christ is, uh, is just something to celebrate. And so God, we just lift our ministry up to you. We lift our lives up to you. We look forward to all that you have for us. We commit this day to you. Uh, for your glory, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's rise together one more time in body or in spirit. Let's respond in worship to the word we received together today. The 
being with us today. Thank you for coming and engaging in worship, coming before the Lord to hear his word proclaimed, to sing out these truths. And I pray that you will go in faith to love and serve him throughout your week this week. Be blessed in the Lord. We'll see you next Sunday.